Okay, so what's our topic for today? Advertising. The truth about advertising and marketing. And so I did a little bit of uh, research this morning just so that you know. And, you know, being in real estate, having been in real estate for 30 years, um, we've always had to be competitive, right? Because uh, there are a lot of us out there. And so how do you be competitive? Well, you have to know how to market and advertise. We have to market and advertise ourselves to get customers and clients. And then when we have a customer or client, we have to be able to market their property effectively. See the difference? Two things. One, we're marketing a property. One, we're marketing ourselves. So I do a lot of reading and a lot of studying on marketing and advertising. And are you throwing chairs around? You are. <laughs> Are you okay? Okay, good. All right, so I'm going to start over. Ready? No, I'm just kidding. So, so we had to do a lot of advertising and marketing study and research. So I did a little research this morning just so you know how much, uh, how competitive the market is out there. So there are 2 million real estate agents in the United States. There are 18,000 real estate agents in Oklahoma. And there are 4,100 in the Oklahoma City metro area. 4,100 realtors. So do we have to get creative on how we market and advertise? Yes or no? Yes. Right. Okay, now, you all know this. Many of you are probably uh, in, either in sales or retired from sales yourselves. Is there an ethical way to market yourself? Is there an unethical way to market yourself? Absolutely, right? And so one of the things that we ask all of our education partners and we ourselves subscribe to is that we will be ethical in all of our marketing practices and in all of our uh, offerings and all of our promotions. And that means telling the truth, which is one of the reasons we call this the Truth Series. Very good. You guys are catching on, right? Uh, and it's not always that way, unfortunately, when we get out into the world. Not everyone is committed to being ethical or honest or integrous. And so we're going to talk a little bit today about uh, not just ethics or, or lack of ethics, but also strategically what people are doing to make us or manipulate us into doing things they want us to do. Now, let me be clear. I'm not here to talk about your marriage. Now, that's a whole different issue. All right? If, if Martha, if you're really good at getting Donnie to do what you need him to do, I'm not going to out you today. All right? I'm gonna, not going to give up your secrets today, Nancy, on how you get Floyd to do what you want him to do. Because that's, that's perfectly fine with me. But the marketing side of things and the advertising side of things, it bugs me a little bit. Why do you think this topic became part of our series, if you had to guess? Does anybody know why in the world we're talking about this today? Scams, but well, partially scams, but actually that's kind of second on my list. Because I don't want people to get ripped off. Seniors can't be vulnerable. Yeah, okay, all those are valid, but here's the number one reason. Because we help people downsize, and they have too much stuff. People have too much stuff, yes? Why do we have too much stuff? Who said impulse buying? Yes. All right, because marketers are good at what they do, okay? So I want to talk a little bit about that today. All right, so I have some truths. These are on your uh, handout, by the way, so that you can follow along these particular truths. 
So the first truth is boredom and the desire to feel good can cause us to buy things we don't need. Does everybody agree with that one? Okay, when you are bored, you will buy things you don't need. I catch myself doing that, wandering aimlessly through a store because I don't have anything else to do. I'm killing time and I end up spending $50 or $100 or whatever it might be. Uh, the second truth is medications, you may not know this one, medications used for Parkinson's disease called dopamine agonists can cause impulsive and compulsive behaviors, including compulsive shopping. Did you guys know that? That was new information for me, too. Now, only about 17% of people taking those particular drugs are affected, and shopping is only one of those types of behaviors that that can show up, uh, where that can show up. But if you know somebody who's taking uh, those types of drugs for Parkinson's or any other disease like that, and you notice a change in behavior, like they're going shopping a lot, or they're on Amazon a lot, and packages are showing up on your uh, porch where they haven't before, that might be something to think about. Um, of course, cognitive impairment can also cause that. And then the next one is marketers can profile and target people both online and in person, exploiting their vulnerabilities and compelling them to buy things they don't need or want. Okay, true story. Met with this guy recently uh, and he was telling me about a very legitimate service they're offering uh, and it's going to be great and I'll talk about it at another time. But in the course of this conversation, he was explaining how they're going to be getting this new product, this new service that's online to market. And he said he's had all kinds of pitches, you know, how they're going to do it and so on. And he said, really, the target market for this product that they have is women age 50 and older, really about 50 to 65, who are caregivers for someone else, whether it be a parent or aunt or uncle or neighbor or someone. Okay, and so they know, these marketers know, what the buying behaviors and patterns of this particular target audience is, and they are able to strategically place billboards, like on trucks, and advertising billboards, and radio ads, and all these things, in their basically pattern of uh, traffic patterns. So like, if they pull out of Trader Joe's, for instance, they know that that person is in the frame of mind of buying, and they know how to strategically advertise to them based on that. Now, is that scary? They also know how to market and advertise this based on our emotions. Do you think Facebook really cares how you feel? No, no. Nobody at Facebook really cares how you feel, but why do they like for you to put on there how you feel? Because then they know which ads to place and when and where to place those ads because certain emotions cause people to buy things, right? So we are living in a world where all of our behaviors, all, even our emotions, are now able to be tracked, and marketers can do it really, really effectively to the degree, and this is really, really gonna be personal, so do not repeat this. Oh, okay, so I bought something on Amazon not long ago, um, facial cream, some facial cream and some uh, acne patches that came with it and uh, some masks, like collagen masks you can put on your face, right? Women, ladies in the room, you go, yeah, yeah, I know what that is. Okay, so I bought those on Amazon. 
I was teaching on Monday night at SNU, and I played a YouTube video for my class from my account on YouTube, which isn't a paid account, it's a free account, which means I get ads, right? Guess what? Now ads are popping up for women in my age range for things that they think I might also like because I bought this product. Now, that's a little embarrassing, I'm just saying, a little bit embarrassing um, that these ads are popping up. But I thought about it later and I thought, oh my gosh, I triggered that series of ads. I triggered it when I bought that item on Amazon. And it's called retargeting. And they were able to now on YouTube, which has nothing to do with Amazon, we think, right? We are now seeing, I'm seeing ads now that are relative to, let's say, a woman over 50. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what's happening. Now, if we're not thinking about that, what happens? I didn't know I needed that, but guess what? Now I'm starting to think what? I might need that, <laughs> right? So things I didn't even know existed are now in my frame of reference because I bought something else that was in my frame of reference, okay? So now this is good news for marketers because it helps them and they can sell more products this way. Is it good news for us though? I'll tell you why it's not. And then then I'm going to get Tara up here to tell you <clears throat> how some people are using these things not so good for us. All right, so marketers we know can profile. So here's areas where people are overspending. Uh, people who might be considered seniors are overspending in these areas that we need to pay attention to. Magazine subscriptions, interesting. Supplements and vitamins, gold coins and stamps, warranties, health and wellness gadgets, and clothing. I know for a fact that some of you sitting in this room have clothing in your closet right now with tags on it. And you've had it for longer than a year. You know how I know that? Because we downsize people for a living. And I know that. Because we go into people's closets and we know that people do this. Why? Because of a lot of things. Let me give you a couple of truths and then I'm gonna and then I'm gonna tell you why. So number one, well let me give you this truth first. So hoarding behavior, by the way, don't confuse hoarding behavior with compulsive shopping. Just because somebody shops a lot doesn't make them a hoarder. Okay. Hoarding behavior means people don't like to let things go, right? They hang on to things for a variety of reasons. That's a whole different class. Compulsive buying, on the other hand, is different. Okay, hoarding and compulsive buying can go hand in hand, but somebody can shop a lot and not be a hoarder, okay? So why do we buy? Here we go, ready? Because these are all gonna be applicable when we start talking about scams too. Why do we buy? The top two reasons, and then there's lots of sub-reasons under that, are we are either trying to avoid pain or seek pleasure, okay? This is where the psychology piece of this comes in. Now, what do you mean by avoid pain, Nikki? What do you mean I buy stuff to avoid pain? Like I buy Tylenol? No, 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 no. You're, we avoid pain in a variety of areas. So think about what is pain? Can pain be grief? Yes. Can pain be anxiety? Yes. Can pain be boredom? Can it be a lack of purpose? Can it be maybe I don't, I need that because I might need it later. Like remember when toilet paper was scarce? Right? Yeah. And we all, and all of a sudden, toilet paper became a hot item off, 
and so all of a sudden, right, we were avoiding the pain of not having toilet paper, and so we bought scads of toilet paper, okay? We didn't ask ourselves, why am I doing it? We're asking ourselves, we're just doing it because we know we need it. But there's an emotion of scarcity. Oh my gosh, what if I need this that causes us to buy it? Okay, so those are the avoid pain, and there's more of them. But anytime we have an emotion that doesn't feel good, whatever it is, an emotion that doesn't feel good, and we may not even recognize we are in it, we have a tendency to possibly shop or do something else. But in this case, we're talking about shopping. Now, the second reason is gaining pleasure. So the opposite of avoiding pain is gaining pleasure. So we gain pleasure when we shop. Not everyone, but most people that are human beings gain pleasure when they shop. And what does that mean? So sometimes think about a sense of control. Right? You're out of control. Life is out of control. Life is chaotic, and you go to Target. And you start putting things in your basket. Guess what? You're in control of that in that moment. That's not what you're thinking to yourself. You're not thinking to yourself, I'm, life is out of control, so I'm going to go put sheets in my basket even though I don't need them. You're not doing that. It's unconscious. It's happening in the background, and you don't even realize it. The other thing that happens is physiological. You're getting a dopamine rush when you buy something. So dopamine is the pleasure chemical in your brain. It happens uh, when people have sex. It happens when they shop. It happens when they do something like get, they get an award. Dopamine rushes into the transmitters in your brain and makes you feel good. But guess what? Does it last forever? No. That's why people on drugs have addictions. Because guess what? You need more of it over time in order to keep that feeling up. It's called a high, right? Has anybody ever had a shopping high? Women in the room are going to raise their hand. Men, even men, some men too. Yeah, we've had a shopping high, right? That was awesome. And then you get home and you go, what did I buy all that? Right? Okay. Or you, you're really glad you bought it, but guess what? That feeling goes away, that gets old, and then you need to buy more stuff, right? So... That dopamine rush is happening in your brain. And then social connectedness. I was at uh, Kirkland's one day. This has been a few years ago. And I'm at Kirkland's. I'm on, I don't shop, just so you all know, as a rule. And except for these reasons, like if I'm not paying attention, I can shop. But I was at Kirkland's as a rule. I'm a hunter. I need something. I want something. I go in. I find it. I buy it. I leave. Unless I'm with Chris at Costco. In which case, I am a browser. And that's why he doesn't take me to Costco. So I'm in Kirkland's. There's this woman. We're walking along this back shelf of clearance items. And we engage in a conversation, just friendliness. And she goes, yeah. I said, what are you looking for today? And she goes, oh, I don't know. Nothing really. I said, oh. She said, what are you looking for? I said, well, I'm looking for this very specific thing for this very specific wall in this very specific part of my office. And she goes, oh, okay, well, I'll help you look. So she starts helping me to look. And I get ready to find my item. And I said, well, I think I'm going to go. We stood there and probably talked for 15 more minutes. And she goes, well, it's been so great talking to you. She goes, now I know why I came shopping today. Well, guess what? She needed what? Social interaction, right? She needed to talk to somebody. So she went shopping. It's why cashiers at grocery stores are so freaking slow, right? <laughs> 
because the person up there checking out needs to have a social conversation. They didn't need the eggs and the bread. They just needed to talk to a cashier. Not, not joking. We laugh, but it is so true. And then the last one is we want to feel special. When we get that box or that sack and we open it up, guess what? We feel special, right? We, we deserve that. Or somebody bought it for us. We got that. It's a gift. So it's like a gift to ourselves. So these are the things that they entice us with to cause all of those feelings. Or when we're having those feelings, these are the things we're seeking to fulfill those feelings. This is where what they, they literally have a term for it. I have an article here. It's called manipulation marketing. There's a name for it. They use quantity discounts, limited time offers, free trials, money-back guarantees, deep discounts or clearance, as we call it, and buy one, get one. Has anybody ever bought one and got one free but still paid more for the item that they got one free for than the item they could have bought and they just got one? I know you did. You just want a minute, right? So the buy one, get one free thing happens all the time. We helped somebody move from an independent living apartment to assisted living out at Spanish Cove. And they had so many buy one, get one free uh, supplements from, the, uh, from Amazon that we did not have room to move them all over to their assisted living apartment. There was no place to store them. So I went to the nurse at the assisted living and I said, look, I said, what do we do with all these supplements that these folks have? And she said, don't bring them to me because I have to log them all in if you bring them to me. So call their daughter and see if she'll keep them. Right? Because there were so many. And when I said, why did you guys buy so many? She said, well, because when you buy quantity, you get them for less. There were more supplements there than, they were 90-something years old, by the way. There were more supplements there than they would ever use in five people's lifetimes. Okay? But it seemed like a good, say it with me, deal. A good deal. Right? Or a good buy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Lastly, Emotional checkup. This is what I want you all to do is we need to ask ourselves, is this a practical need, right? Is this a practical need? And this is not in your handout, by the way. You might have to write this one down. Like shampoo, practical need, yeah? Milk. If you like milk and you drink milk and you eat cereal, milk's probably a practical need. I don't know very many people who buy milk on impulse, right? Or shampoo on impulse, unless you're, unless you're a bad bath body. All right. Emotional want. Uh, ask yourself, is this an emotional want? And here's kind of the one of the ways you can you can answer that question is, do I need yet another blank? Fill in the blank. Do I need yet another blue polo shirt? Do I need yet another bottle of XYZ supplement? Do I need yet another hair tie? Do I need yet another gym suit, etc. right? Pick whatever your, your blank is, but ask yourself, do I really need, and the word is need, and guess what? If you're bored, you think you what? Need it. Yep. So your brain will trick you into thinking you need it even when you really don't need it. And then the other one is emotional fear. Are you moving away from pain? Is there a reason I'm doing this? I this isn't about shopping as much as it is eating habits, but it's the exact same emotional reaction. So the other night, I came home from class, taught till 10 o'clock, got back to the house, opened up the pantry door at 10 p.m. 
and thought, I'm going to have popcorn. And then thought, it's 10 o'clock at night. Why do you think you need popcorn? Why did I need popcorn? I was tired. I was tired. And so I was going to eat because I was tired. And then I went, oh my gosh, I'm not hungry. I'm tired. So I closed the pantry door and went to bed. Last night, Chris and I went to Home Depot to buy some things for his mom. We're cruising past Brahms, go to Home Depot. I'm tired. It's 7 o'clock at night. We pull into Home Depot. We get what we need to get. We come back out. So swing by Brahms. He said, why? I said, I want some sugar. <laughs> I was not hungry. I did not need ice cream. But I was vulnerable because I was tired. Does that make sense? Okay, so we do what we do because of the emotional, and so by the way, ice cream made me feel better, good. It gave me a sense of joy. I deserved ice cream, dadgummit. Yes, right? Okay, and guess what? We pulled through, and Chris didn't want ice cream either, but guess what he got? Real ice cream, the fat kind, right? I got sugar, just saying. <laughs> Kids had fudge and caramel on it. Mine did not. Want to all right, last truth, and then I'm going to bring Tara up here. So Tara, gear up over there. All right, last truth for you before I bring Tara up. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between ethical advertising and unethical scams and frauds. So we're going to talk about three of those today at least. If we have time for more, we will. So Tara, come on up. Let's give uh, Deputy Tara Harden a hand. Come on up here. Tara, can I tell you about a, uh, a current uh, scam that's going on in our world, in the real estate world? All right, we'll make sure that mic works, Chris, too. Say hello. Hello. Okay, that mic's not on, so let's make sure. I'm really loud. No, you're not that. You are loud, but you're not that loud. She won't hear that. She just called me alone. No, I said, yeah. There it is. It should be on now. Big try to get it. Say hello. Hello. I'll just get close. Yeah. Okay, so can I tell you about what's going on right now, and then you'll tell us about your three. Absolutely. So, because I don't think we've talked about this. So, there are these guys that are literally going around to senior living communities and senior centers and different places, and they're calling themselves transition specialists. Senior transition specialists, certified even some of them say they are. There's a certification for that. There's really not. They they say they didn't want to, right? right? Because it's called marketing, right? And so, anyways, this guy goes around and basically he says, "Okay, here's what I'll do." He says, "I'll buy your house, and you don't have to pay a real estate commission. You don't have to pay closing costs. You don't have to pay a mover. You don't even have to pay to get rid of the stuff. You can just leave it there. I'm going to pay you fair market value, and we're going to close in 30 days or less, and you don't have to worry about a thing." That sounds like a pretty good deal, doesn't it? Yeah, my first question, but my skeptical uh -huh. brain is, so how are you making your money? Okay, <laughs> so here's the deal. Oh, no, no. Fair market value, yeah. not having to pay a realtor, right? All this. Okay, so we found a couple of these, and we've looked at the numbers, right? Mm -hmm. So when you look at what they paid for the house, let me use an example. $200,000 house, let's say it's a full commission, 6%. They're going to make a $12,000 commission if they sell that house with a realtor. They're going to have some closing costs. Sellers don't have high closing costs. Most of the commission is their highest one. And then they're going to have moving costs. So if I estimate, let's just say, for all intents and purposes, let's say $20,000 is what they're going to have to pay to sell that house. Okay? 
So if they pay 20 off of 200, that's about 180, right? Right. This guy bought the house for 150. Bought the house for 150. So they lost $30,000 selling it to him and didn't pay a real estate commission, didn't pay a mover, didn't know it because he took care of all that. But he took care of all of that for $50,000. Right. Was that a deal? No. <laughs> Sounds like a deal. But he's banking on them not knowing what the fair market value is. Yeah, and the freebie thing. The, yes, yeah. all the all extras free. and not knowing they what the know true what cost of them that's is. Right, yeah. So anyway, uh, we've had that happen on a couple of occasions, and um, people go, oh, yeah, but I didn't have to pay closing costs, and I didn't have to pay all these fees. And I'm like, yeah, but you paid him basically more than you would have paid anybody else all of these things, and those things could have been done for you for a whole lot less than what he charged you. But he makes it sound so good. Yes. Yeah. And that's the key. Yeah. They make it sound good. Right. They make it sound really good. I know it is the same thing that the scammers and fraudsters. In fact, I wrote down something that you said. Um, you said marketers are good at what they do. Oh yeah. It is the exact same principle when it comes to the scammers yeah. and the fraudsters. Yeah. They are good at what they do. They know how to sell their product. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what they're doing. Yeah. Now their product happens to be a scam. And, and regardless of what their product is, whether it's a romance scam and they're selling themselves, right. whether it's an investment scam and they're selling a false investment, whether whatever the scam is, they're selling a product. Sure. They're yeah. getting you to come off of your money and to give you give them your money. And it is when we're most vulnerable, those emotions we talk Absolutely. about, right? So feeling Absolutely. joy and getting pleasure yes. or avoiding pain. Yes. That's what we're trying to do. All right, so you gave me three. You said there were three um, when I asked you the top three, because there's lots of them. There's lots of them yeah. out there, yes. But which one do you want to talk about first? I've got them in the order of tech, romance, and pig butchering together, and then Medicare. Do you have one you want to talk about first? Let's talk about romance. Okay, let's talk because about Because we're on the emotional. Right. Um, and, and that is exactly what the romance scam does, is it right. plays on that emotional, it plays on that need for that social connectedness, right. that need for that interaction. Right. Um, and sometimes the romance scams are even beginning to take on an element, not necessarily of a romantic interest, um, but of a friendship. Like interest. a pen pal, I think. Yes, a pen, yeah, like a pen pal, like a, um, uh, uh, we call it infinity fraud. So there may be a group that you belong to, let's say, um, car collectors, and they will appear to be a car collector, um, and they will appear to have the same interests that you do. And so if we have the same interests, then we're going to hit it off. Sure. Yeah. Right? And, and you we're going to become friends. Right. Because, because we're in the part, same club. Right. We're in the same club. We have the same interests. Yes. So, yeah. And they know how to sell you the story. Right. So that you believe who they are. And how do they know you even have that interest? I mean, do they join this club or do they find out about you first and then join the club? A lot of the same things that you were talking about. Now, it could be on social media. Right. You could have posted, you know, right. pictures of all the classic cars that, that you just love on social media and they see those. Um, and then a lot of it is the same data information that the marketers are gathering. Um, we don't oftentimes realize that every click that we are making right. on the internet is being recorded. And that, that, that data warehousing is yeah. just 
Massive. It's for sale. And it's for sale. Yep. Yes, it is. It is for sale. Okay. So when these scams happen, these let's call them romance or infinity mm -hmm. scams, um, the one you told me about, and when you text me this, I had to look it up, honestly, because I don't yes. watch the news much, right? So I had to look up pig butchering. I thought, pig butchering. Pig yes. butchering. Doesn't that sound terrible? And actually, it's hitting the metro area very hard. Right yeah. Now. I saw it was on Channel 4, I think, uh, one night. They had a story on that I found online. You oh, know, very good. Yeah, yes, so very good. All right, I know you've been talking about it in your classes that yes. you do a lot. Okay, so let's describe for the audience what that involves. Um, so pig butchering basically um, is an investment scam, um, and oftentimes it will start through romance. Um, you know, instead of uh, your new interest needing your money because right. they're always in a crisis, right. you know, they might appear to be wealthy and they don't need your money, but I want you to have the same investment opportunity that made me rich because you're such a great friend of mine. I want to take care of my friend. Hey, have you heard about this? Right, wow. yes. Let me put you in touch with my investment advisor. Oh. And then they put you in touch with somebody that's actually running another scam that is partnered with him. Um, but it appears it is, it, it's actually an investment scam, um, and you will actually receive dividends back. You will start to see some returns on your investment. Because they have um, to do that to make it look legitimate? Or? Well, they're fattening the pig. This is where the name pig butchering comes in. They're fattening the pig because as they begin to give you returns, then they talk you into investing more. Okay, so now so I keep investing, the pig, yes. and more money's going into more the More money's going in, okay. and then they once they get you to make that big investment, because right. you're, you're smart, you're yeah. going to start small, you don't yeah. know who you're dealing with, right? They get you to put the big money in, and then they swoop in and they take it all, and they butcher the pig. And then what happens to you? You're without your money. You're butchered. You're butchered. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so this is all beginning to make sense now. So I saw a story on this out of Denver, I think, uh, and this was a uh, this was a younger guy, like he was in his fifties, I think, and he had uh, put put aside several millions of dollars, yes. and he was in the tech industry, I think, yes. and uh, and he got involved in one of these, and they ended up taking him for like one point six million or something like that. Yes, and I thought, who puts one point six million dollars into a a fund? Because with somebody they don't know, but, but they're they, showing returns. Yeah, they're showing returns. They're they're enticing you to do more. Right. Um, they even will send out fake statements. They will. I mean, it is it is a very sophisticated scam. Um, but when you really start peeling it apart and looking at it, it's a very easy one to pull off. Okay. And very easy. It sounds like to get caught up in if you're very trusting person. If you are a trusting person, not doing your homework, not right. checking out that investment and the investment advisor with the SEC, um, double checking licenses and, and that sort yeah. of stuff, yes. Okay, yes. yeah, there's something called a uh, mirror site, right, where they make a, a website mm -hmm. that can be mirrored to look like a legitimate site, but Absolutely. it's not a legitimate site, yes. right, and yes. so there's a way to check that out, I understand. Yes, there is a, a way to check that out. and, and be very, very careful. Um, if you are uh, online, and I, I advocate being online because sure. it gives you instant time to look at your accounts, whether it's an investment account or a bank account, okay. um, being online, but you have to do it smart because they are mirroring the accounts to where um, they look exactly like the legitimate account and there's just a very slight nuanced difference in the web address. 
Um, but one of the things that you can do to protect yourself from that is utilizing the app. Um, so say for instance, you have investments with JP Morgan Chase. I'm just gonna use their name because they're a big one. Um, if you have investments with them, get their app instead of typing in the, the name of the company in the web browser because they, they being the fraudsters, are getting so sophisticated that they are starting to, and if your device has been infected because you've clicked on something you shouldn't click on, um, That's they will, the they will reroute that uh, web browser search into the fraudulent page. So utilize the app. If you can download the app onto the tablet or onto your desktop, find that, find that real site and then download the, the Instead of using browser. a browser like right. Chrome or Right, or instead of typing it in every time, utilize a, a preloaded you know where you're going each time. Okay, so let's transition that conversation into the tech support one. Yes. Because, uh, I mean, obviously, if we're online and these folks have the ability to scam us using tech, Yes. What's one of the tech scams you're seeing? Right so now? one of the tech support, um, it, it, it will appear to be tech support. It will appear to be a pop-up um, on your computer, on your tablet, on your phone um, that says, hey, your device has been infected, um, but no problem. We've got you. We're your tech support company. Just click here or call this phone number, and we'll get this virus cleaned up for you. Um, do not. Don't. Please don't. Just simply turn the machine off. Um, if it is hardwired to the internet, um, disconnect it. Unplug it from the internet because that internet cable, um, think of that as a line that goes to everything in your house that's hooked to that internet. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, unplug it, disconnect it from the internet, and then shut it down. Um, and then take it to somebody legit to have yes, it fixed. Yes, or contact if you do have virus protection, which you should have virus protection on every one of your devices, including your cell phone. People don't oftentimes think about their cell phone. You need virus protection on all of those devices. Um, and, and I hate to say it, but you kind of get what you pay for yeah. in, in that realm. Yeah. Um, there are some free ones out there, but... So interestingly enough uh, that you're talking about this, so I, I, my, my niece Haley, you guys know I've talked about her before, she went to college this year at NOC. And so I, about the first week of college, I went up and I, I had dinner with her. And I said, "Let's." she got a new MacBook Pro, new Apple product. And I told her, Chris and I basically said, you're going to spend more on getting a computer because once you get a Mac, because you're going to have less likely of having, uh, being, you know, getting all these pop-ups and stuff and getting scammed. Okay. I have never, I've had a Mac now for, gosh, 20-some-odd years, and I don't think I've ever had a virus, uh, knock on wood and never seen one pop up. So anyway, so I met her. Met her it's happening now. I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so we, we pulled her computer up and we're getting her email set up, we're getting her college platform set up and all this. And up in the corner pops up this little pop up and it said um, McAfee, McAfee uh, antivirus, antivirus yeah. has expired, has expired. And I said, what, what is this Haley? And she said, I don't know, it keeps popping up. And I said, well, why is it popping up? Did you download something from McAfee? She said, no, because, I mean, obviously, I don't know why she was getting it. So um, I, we, I said, well, guess what? You have Apple Care because we pay for the Apple Care. So she has Apple Care. So we're going to get a hold of Apple Care. So we get a hold of Apple Care, and we're chatting with them on the chatbot. And they say, they ask, have you downloaded something to your computer recently? 
downloaded something, something to your computer, and she said, no. Well, I don't know why, but we closed the window, and up in the corner on her desktop, I see these games. One was uh, mine, something mine, Minecraft, Minecraft and yes. another one. And I said, what are these? And she said, oh, those are just games that I play with my friends. And I said, did you download them? Because I knew the answer to that. Yes. And she said, well, yeah, of course. Guess what? They piggybacked on those free games that she downloaded yes. and infiltrated her computer. And now what it was doing was enticing her to click on that so that she could then, they could then do whatever they do to her right. computer. Right. So anyway, we had to, it, it was a whole long hour and a half ordeal trying to get that uninstalled on her computer. Yes. And I'm fairly tech savvy. Yes. And Chris wasn't around, so when I say fairly, it's because he wasn't around. <laughs> um, and we couldn't we couldn't get it done even with Apple Care was having a hard time. Yes. And so deleting it and then I'm gonna tell you to take it one step right. further, go in and change all of your passwords to every account you have yeah. on that computer. Yeah, because by now they've already got it's, it. it's infected. Right. Um, and you don't know right. In, in what way it was infected. Um, some of these are getting downloaded onto the computer through things that you've clicked on, like you said, a game, right. you downloaded a game. Um, it might be that you've won a, thank you for being the 250th player today. You've won a free Walmart gift card. Right, don't, don't click on that. Don't that click is on that. Don't You're click on it. Um, yeah. uh, yeah. They are so sophisticated. Yeah. They're marketers. Yeah. You know, they appear to be from your bank. Click yeah. on this to, to, we think there's been some fraud right. on your account. Click on this to clear it up. So now I'm, I'm connecting the yes. dots. So let's say that's happened and you go, oh gosh, I clicked on that. And then the next day, God sends you tech support. Tech support calls. Yes. Says, Guess what? We've been, tra we've been tracking your computer. You have a virus. And you go, oh, thank you for calling. exactly what this tech support scam is. Whether it comes through a pop-up, whether it comes through a phone call, yeah. um, what they end up talking you into is that they're going to help you clear up this virus. Right. And so, or give you something. Did you know that? My, yes, dad, yes, my dad said Amazon, yes. Amazon said that he was supposed to be getting a refund on his Amazon account, mm -hmm. which he wasn't. But And tech support said, are you having a hard time getting your refund? And he said, yes. And they said, we can help you with that. Yes. So then they'll talk you into either allowing them access to your computer, which once you grant that access to their your computer, you're granting them access to all of your passwords and all of your accounts. You are essentially letting them be you on your computer. Um, or they talk you into um, one of the big ones that's going around is, oh, yes, we're cleaning this up, but oh, my goodness, this virus that you've gotten into, they've installed child porn on your computer and that's going to cost you extra to clean it up. Yeah. And we'll take your credit card over the phone, phone right now. Right. To do that. We'll yeah. take care of yeah. 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 Um, number one, that's not really happening. There's really no child porn on there. Right. Um, number two, if there is child porn that's been installed on your computer and you, you didn't do it and even if you did, we probably have it. You need to have a conversation with the police. It's going to be a different conversation. Right. But you need to be calling the police, not your tech support. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because somebody's out there doing yeah. something very, very illegal. And so let's, uh, so there was a third one, which is the Medicare thing. But before mm -hmm. we go to that one, let's talk about, you said, I want to give them some solutions to these problems. So, yes. so if, if it's a, 
romance slash pig butchering, which is a terrible, terrible name for this. I, I hate even having to say that out loud. Yes. Right? That but it gets your attention. Yeah. Marketing. So, marketing. That scam right there is is a little bit scary. There's actually a guy that um, I'm wondering if he fell victim to this because uh, unfortunately uh, ended up taking his own life um, because he had been taken. He had been scammed. And he was so ashamed, and he was broke, and he, he didn't know what to do. And um, we're having people who are, they don't want to report it, Tara, Absolutely. because they're so ashamed. So yes. what should people do if this happens to them? Um, reporting is, is difficult, and we have to change our mindset. Oftentimes we talk about, um, did you should you should have known better or right. you know you've yeah. heard about this they talk about this on the news why did you do that um, we've got to change our right. mindset yeah. these I should quit saying that to my dad yeah these 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 criminals they're they're criminals they're criminals yeah. you are an innocent victim who was taken in by a criminal you know we don't blame right. a murder victim for being murdered right so right. you know we don't right. we should not blame fraud victims for, for being, being victimized, yeah. from being defrauded. Well, yes. and this isn't an age thing either. I think something Absolutely I read. Absolutely, it is not. Actually, average age of that pig butchering thing was like 30 to 40 or something like that age group. Actually, the highest age group for the number of times they fall for a scam is the 30 to 39 year olds. Okay. Um, over 60 age group actually has the highest dollar loss though. Okay. Um, but there are more victims in the 30 to 39 year old. But think about when you were 30 to 39 years old, every penny you had was going to keep the family afloat. Sure. So you, you know, if, if you lose 20 bucks, then you're done, right? right? Um, whereas older age, age 60 and over, they have retirement. Money is set aside. They, yes, they have set aside money. And again, it's that emotional. We want to feel good. We want to have more money. We right. want to have the social interaction. Security, we want too. Security. security. Yes. Or the fear. Um, some of these scams will play on our fears of reporting you for having um, a child pornography on your computer yeah. that doesn't exist. Um, I'm going to come after your family, or we're going to kidnap your family, or you know, it's, it's that fear. We're going to come arrest you. Who wants to go to jail at 75 years old? Nobody does. Um, and, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so what do they do? Who do they report it to? Um, there are a couple of places. Um, obviously, your local law enforcement agency. So if you live in the city of Edmond, Edmond Police is where you want to start. Um, if you have some hesitation in doing that and you're really just not sure if it even arises to that level, um, the Department of Justice, through their Elder Fraud Initiative, has put out a hotline now, and I'll give you that number momentarily. I think it's on their sheet. Do you guys have that for me? I don't. It's a different. I have a different. different? One. Yes, okay. I have a different right. one because right. what they've done with this new elder fraud initiative is this hotline assigns you a caseworker. Oh. And this caseworker will help you navigate all of the ins and outs. Do you need to report this to your local agency? Do you need to report this to the FBI? Do you need to contact your computer virus software company? Do you need to contact your doctor's office? Do you need to contact? They will help you navigate all of those different areas that may be affected um, and help you recover. Okay. So um, the National uh, Elder Fraud Hotline is 833-372-372. 8311.
833-372-8311. And that is called the National Elder Fraud Hotline. Um, and again, you're going to talk to a caseworker that's going to help you navigate. That's not the one call, but they're going to help you navigate who else you need to call and involve. And so the good thing about that, I like, is that you have one phone number, one point of contact, and that way, if you yes. do get a call from somebody saying that they're there to help you, right. you can hang up and just call that number. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You can just hang up and call that number, um, and they will help you. Like I said, you may need to involve um, Social Security. Maybe your Social Security number's been compromised. You may There, there may be multiple places that you need to, to make contact with. So important too, I think, to, to have an advocate in this regard. Like I know when I was dealing with my dad's computer, you know, Chris, he has that knowledge about well, what 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 looks incorrect here, right? right? Because I look at it and I go, it looks normal to me. It's like, no, look at that website. It's just one letter off, or it's one right, or it's a different font. They're even yeah. changing just the font on the A's, um, and and the website reads the same except the font is different, and yeah. so it picks up on that nuance and takes you to that fraudulent website. Interesting. Okay, so let's talk about Medicare because yes. open enrollment okay. is coming up. Open enrollment is coming up, yes, and um, even beyond open enrollment, so open enrollment is unique in that your mail and your phone is going to just get bombarded. They are just, it's just the nature of the beast, unfortunately. Um, some of those are legitimate. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say they aren't, um, but in the past years, we have always taken that if it came through the mail, it was, you know, should it, be trust, it should be legit, right? Uh, because if it weren't, it's mail fraud, and that's a federal offense. Sure. Um, they don't care. No. They don't care. Mailers are cheap, um, and if they can print up and mail out um, 5,000 of them, and they get two people to fall victim, and they can take them for, you know, 10,000, they can make $5,000, right? So, and, and pretty, pretty easily. Um, remember your Medicare number, your Medicare card is essentially a credit card to a very deep pocket. Um, and you have to protect that information. You absolutely have to protect that information. So don't give out that number. If somebody calls and tells you they're from Medicare, well guess what, Medicare has your credit, has your card number. They have your Medicare number. They don't need it from you. Um, if somebody, yes. <laughs> If uh, somebody calls, if you're having surgery and somebody calls and says, hey, this is the hospital, we're going to do your pre-admission, just get out your Medicare card and we'll get this all handled for you, say, you know what, I'm not comfortable giving you this because I don't know who you are. I'm going to hang up the phone and I'm going to call back the hospital on the number I have and I'll ask for the admissions office. Yeah. Um, what's your name? I, I, I can get to your, your desk. And They're going to hang up yeah, they're probably going to hang up on you. Um, but don't give out that personal information unless you know for sure who you're talking to. And if they have contacted you, you don't know who you're talking to. Yeah, I made note of three different ones. The bogus representative, which is what you're talking about. Yes. The impersonation. Loss in coverage threat, so they call it yes. saying you're going to lose your coverage yes. if you don't, yes, if you don't do um, X, Y, or Z. And, and that actually may be legitimate. There may be a change coming in your plan. Right. Um, so you need to check those out. Um, but but you those are going to come through the mail. Right. 
They're going to notify you through the mail. So that's another thing I was going to um, say is look at your mail. We all have the tendency um, to grab that mail out of the mailbox and go junk, 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 and I'll look at this piece, right? Um, uh, open everything. Look at everything. At least give it a cursory glance. Um, it may be something from Medicare that you really need to know about and you really do need to take action. Um, but then you need to call that Medicare.gov um, and, and you need to make that contact. Don't call the number in the flyer. Don't right. call the number in the flyer. Go look up the number yourself. Right. Call your the card. number on your card on your or card. on your statement. Um, so, yes, look at that. And then don't answer your phone. Boy, I tell you what, uh, the, the number of calls that I'm getting lately yes. uh, that say, my phone, I have a thing on my phone that uh, said it, it's an app and it basically identifies the phone call as potential spam. Yes. Anytime it comes up as potential spam, I just hit go to voicemail or whatever. Yes. And then I block the number. The potential spam is a computer that's calling. So your phone, the phone systems can tell if it's a computer-generated phone call or if it's a person-generated phone call. Okay. So that potential spam just tells you that it's a, gen a computer-generated phone call. Now there may be a person by the time you, sure. you know, yeah. you answer. Um, yeah. That helps, but it's not going to stop all. It's not foolproof. No. no. You know, in real estate, they uh, they actually sell a product, multiple products but they sell these products for real estate agents who do cold calling to get their business which we never did but and basically what it do is it'll call five people at a time yes or more I guess right now. it'll call five people at a time and whoever answers first that's who they talk to and the other calls get dropped right and so when I pick up a phone call and I think it might be somebody I know and then when I answer it it immediately drops I know that they're on one of these auto dialer things yes yeah yeah that's exactly what that it doesn't is. mean it's not legitimate Right. It just means that there it's a sales call probably. Yes. Yes. Of some sort. It could be a scammer. Could be a scammer. Could be a, could be a sales call. Could be a <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you never know who it could be. Um, and it could be nothing more than a computer. Um, our cell phones, they're computers. Yeah. They are computers that allow us to make phone calls. They are no longer a phones. Um, and when you answer that phone, you are giving that computer on that other end the connection it needs to begin the process of hacking your device. Interesting. So what do you do? You don't answer. You just don't answer. You just don't answer. Yeah. Um, answer your friends and your family. Yes. Yeah, so, it. So Danielle calls people uh, after and before each one of these symptoms, yes. right? To yes. Them. Yes. And she calls from the same number every time. Yes, she called me. Yeah. Yes. Did you answer? I didn't. <laughs> did she leave a message? She did. Yeah. And then she texted me and said, "Hey, I yeah. sent you an email," and then I, I called her right back. Oh, yeah. Yes. Right. We were talking yeah. within thirty seconds, maybe right. a minute, of her calling me. But I didn't answer. That's how it works. And, it, and unfortunately, it's a terribly inefficient way to communicate, but we almost have to do that anyway. And that's where we're at. Yeah. Yes. And so then if, if it's a legitimate phone call, like in this case, Danielle, you can yep. save that contact to your phone. Yes. And the next time she calls, it's going to pop up and say, Danielle, from right. the Truth Series or whatever. Right. Right. Um, and, and, you know, particularly with seniors. Right. Um, the, the thing I always get is, yeah, but what about my doctor? They're going to yeah. call. Yes, well, I have doctors that call too. I yeah. do. 
Um, and the first time they call me, if I'm not expecting their call, if I don't know they're calling today, I'm waiting on the test result, um, the first time they call me, they're going to have to leave me a message. Yep. And then I'm going to call them back, and I'm going to leave them yep. a message. Yep. And then I know they're trying to call me. And then the next time they call, I'm going to answer. Right. Yes. Yeah, it's, an, it's terribly inefficient. It is terribly inefficient, but you have to do that. Yes, yes. That's why we're very kind when you guys have phone calls that you need to pop up and take and walk out. Like, we get it. Like, if you're getting a phone call and you know if I don't take this right now, I may not talk to them for three days. We get that um, because that's the how inefficient things have gotten. Yes. Yeah. I answer um, my family and dispatch. So noted. Yeah. So if I get, if I call you and you answer, I'm gonna feel really special. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So talk to me a little, one more thing about Medicare. This last one on here yes. is fake rebates. Um, does Medicare give us rebates uh, that I don't know about? No, I don't think so. No. Or do they give us credits back on our bills or anything like that that they're gonna call us about? I haven't heard that one. So oh, okay. uh, yeah, I haven't heard that one. So I. I read about it, yes. and it just said that there could be someone might call and say, "Hey, you're you should get a refund to uh, on your account." This is Medicare. You overpaid a doctor bill. You're going to get a refund, and we just need your Medicare number to oh, be no. able to issue the refund. Yeah, no, no, yeah, don't give them that Medicare yeah. number. Number one, if you overpaid it, so it came out of your pocket, then they're going to send you the refund it's not going to go on your medicare account right? Right, right and if medicare overpaid it then it's going to go to medicare not to your medicare account right right think it through slow it down that's another that's thing they do is they want they have that immediate we got to get this right. handled they have that urgency we got to get it done for you right um, right now right now right now yes it's, it, it's a limited time offer yes and if you don't buy now Yes. Then it, the offer may not be good five minutes from now. Absolutely. It's the exact same thing. Yes. It is the exact same yeah. thing. It is the exact same thing. One last thought on the Medicare. Um, look at your statements, your statement of benefits, your EOBs, your explanation of benefits. Um, there is a lot of fraud going on out there now in that um, you're getting billed for things you never received or you are receiving like say for instance COVID tests that you never ordered um, and you got four of them in the mail and your Medicare statement got billed for eight of them okay um, you need to report those two and get those taken care of um, who do you report those to Medicare? Oklahoma Insurance Department oh. you can start with the Oklahoma Insurance Department or you can call Medicare directly as well um, but the Oklahoma Insurance Department can help you navigate that as well okay. um, you need to get those number one the Medicare system law is losing 60 billion dollars a year to fraud um, so while those COVID tests that you never ordered or maybe never even received didn't come directly out of your pocket it still did because guess who funds the Medicare system? We all do. We all do. So we're all paying that price. Um, additionally, if there are things like, say, for instance, a wheelchair shows up on your Medicare uh, statement and you don't need a wheelchair, you've never used a wheelchair, you have no need for one, you don't know why it's there and you think, oh, but I don't want to hassle with Medicare and calling them, and so you just let it go. And then, heaven forbid, two months later, you do have a health issue that causes you to need a wheelchair. Medicare is going to say, you 
you've already had one. We just bought you one two months ago. What'd you do with that one? Yeah. Right? Um, additionally, say for instance, you have to get transported to the hospital and you're not capable of giving your medical history. Um, sometimes they will look back at that and there may be things like, say for instance, you were being billed for cancer drugs and you don't have cancer. That may affect your treatment that you're receiving because they think they can't give you a particular treatment because obviously you have cancer if you're taking this, this medication. So you need to make sure that you're reporting those um, charges. Sometimes it's just simple human error. Right. Sometimes they build it to the wrong person. They build it to the wrong person, or they typed in a five instead of a six in the coding. Um, it's it may be simple human error, but you need to make sure that those are accurate and correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Can we open it up for questions? Absolutely. All right. So what questions do you have, if any, about anything we talked about today, uh, or anything else for that matter? Um, you know, Tara and I, we have the answer to everything. Right? We solve all the world's problems. Yes, if they would just listen to us. Right. All right, we'll get you first. I've been scammed, and I know that I can report it somewhere, but at the time I don't know where to report it, so now I have that. Now, all I have is the phone number they've called me on, and nothing else. How can you, can you, is that enough? Okay, so what is it they need if they've been scammed and they're going to report it? What do they have to report? What can they report? Um, any information, no matter how little or how much you have, um, is useful. So if you have been scammed, um, if you still have the gift cards that they talk you into buying, or you have the phone number, or you have whatever information you may have, keep that. Um, and, and offer that. If it is nothing more than a phone number that you had contact with them on, that's okay. Um, still record it. Now, I'm not going to say that recording it is going to get your money back. I'm not going to say that recording it is going to catch the fraudster. Oftentimes, um, these are international fraud rings. Um, they're not even based here, so we have jurisdictional issues. We have prosecutorial issues. Um, we cannot prosecute our way out of this problem. It's why my whole job is teaching on prevention. Preventing is the only way we're going to get ahead of this. So whether you have a little bit of information or a lot of information, give it to them. Um, there are places, say for instance, like the FBI has set up an internet crimes um, uh, website that you can report, ic3.gov. They have the ability, the computer capabilities, you said that you only had a phone number. They have the computer capabilities then to um, connect the dots. So say for instance, you had interaction with them and this person had interaction with this and this person and you all recorded it, it would then pool that and connect those dots. Okay, this phone number is a problem, so now we need to start trying to figure out and, and triangulate that number. Makes well, sense. And I think too, Tara, just, you know, if, like you said, if multiple people are reporting it over a period of time, right. it gives you guys information on something has become a problem here that wasn't yes. before and Absolutely. you can do more education on it. Absolutely. And in fact, I get my educational topics. Um, I participate in a fraud investigators association here in the, in the metro area. It's actually termed the mafia. So I'm going to interrupt the mafia. Wow. Yes. Um, uh, and, and that's where I get my teaching topics is I start hearing about the frauds and I go, okay, we got to figure out how to stop this. Right. And then I will back build a lesson. Okay. So, Perfect. Yeah, yes. that's a great question. Yes, sir. 
What about all the insurance things like title insurance for the home that's advertised? Are those necessary? Is that uh, an issue? So, so the question is, uh, all the insurances and warranties yes. and things like that that are being marketed for your home, are they necessary? Are they legitimate? Are they... Uh, well, he's, and he specifically mentioned title insurance. Yeah. So I assume that you're talking about the deed fraud that is going on, um, where is, uh, and, and some of the insurances that, that they offer against that. Um, I will tell you, in Oklahoma County, um, our assessor's office has recognized this as a problem. You can put an alert on your property in Oklahoma County um, and the assessor will notify you if anything is filed on your property. Um, just because someone files something on your property doesn't mean it's a done deal. You still have time to get it stopped if you know about it, right? So that's what that alert system is for. That is good for property in Oklahoma County. That is not true of every county. Um, it's up to the individual assessor's offices. But now the insurance products, um, some of them are very good products. Um, essentially, most of the things they offer you can do yourself. If you are tech savvy, if you are willing to take the time to put the alerts and to follow through with all of the different, um, you know, password monitoring and the credit monitoring and all of those different things, you can do those yourself. But if you are either not tech savvy or just aren't willing to sit down and spend the time that it takes to do that, yes, there are some very good products and I would highly recommend that you take advantage of some of those. So I might speak to the home warranty stuff that's being sold as well. Not necessarily home yeah, warranty, no, yes. Yeah, no, yeah. Diff different or car warranty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> part of the car warranties are scams. Yes. And we know that's happening. Yes. But you know, so the, the, there are advertisements on television and radio and such that are not you know, encouraging people to buy home warranties. Um, because what happens if your air conditioner goes out? What happens if you know, right. your hot water tank goes out? And those are fear-based tactics, we know, that's what they're doing, is they're saying, you know, but they're also legitimate warranties. I would usually say if you have a house and let's say you think to yourself, gosh, I really do want to be covered if something happens to one of my major mechanicals, then don't buy a warranty off of a 1-800 number on television or the radio. There are plenty of great home warranty companies here in our market. And Shannon and our real estate team know about the ones here that we recommend. And I'll tell you, they're all, they all basically cover the same things, but the differences between them are the representatives. So we have home warranty people that you could have the exact same coverage, two different warranties. Somebody bought one on an 800 number. Somebody bought one through somebody here we know. Yes. They both make a claim. They both get denied. Shannon can pick up the phone and call this home warranty rep and say, hey, this was denied. It shouldn't have been denied. This person's going to go to bat to get it covered. That person's going to say, so sorry, it was a pre-existing issue. Nothing we can do. Right. So you actually have a relationship with the provider. Um, do you need one? That's a whole different question because not everybody needs a home warranty. If you've got plenty of cash reserves <coughs> um, set aside for things like home repairs, a home warranty may not be necessary. And I'll tell you the downside of home warranties is that you have to use their people. Mm -hmm. They're gonna tell you who you can use and who you can't use, who they'll cover and who they won't. And so that's why we're, again, 
not a good or bad thing. It's just something that requires a little more research. Oh, yes, and do yeah. your homework before you right. invest in Don't, if they call you to sell you one on and ask for your credit card to pay for it, that's an absolute no-go. No. Yes. You should be the one initiating that. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. Good question. Uh, I saw another hand, and I didn't get it. Uh, okay, yes, they're back here, and then I'll get yours, Barbara. Yeah. I kind of have two questions. Uh, one is I've got a caller ID answering machine, and if it comes up unavailable or not available, the caller, I don't pick it up. But does the answering machine answer that call? Does that count as a live number? Oh, that's a good question. So he has an answering machine that has caller ID on it. Uh, is it an actual machine that's plugged in? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so when that call, if the answering machine answers it, Tara, does that count as an answered phone call as if you answered it? Um, yes. If it's one of those standalone machines that's sitting in your house, it is answering the phone. Um, now, if you have one of the old gray plug-in cords, yeah. and, and there are very few of those out there right. anymore, but people think, oh, I have a landline. You may not. Right. Okay? If it's blue. If it's blue or if it's yellow, it's internet. Internet. Based. Right. Okay. If you have an old gray cord connected to your phone, then it is a dumb phone. And it doesn't matter. It's not connected to anything else. And so answering it is not going to expose anything. If it is plugged in through a blue or a yellow cord, it is internet based. And you answering it, hence the answering machine answering it. You are opening that window from an electronic standpoint. You are opening that window to everything in your home that is connected to that internet connection. Is that the same as the VOIP? That's what my phone is. Is that the same thing as the VOIP or voice over the internet? Yeah. Uh, no. If you have the VoIP on your cell phone, are you talking about your cell phone landline. and the VPN? Landline. On your landline. Um, yes. You are still exposing everything that's hooked onto that. Uh, now, I, and I want to caution you on one other thing that you mentioned at the beginning of your question was that you said, I have caller ID. Um, every cell phone has caller ID these days. Um, the caller ID can be very, very easily manipulated. It's called spoofing. Uh, it is, it's an easy hack. It doesn't take any hacking skills at all. It is an easy hack. I can make your caller ID read whatever I want it to read. So do not trust your caller ID. Do not look at that caller ID and go, oh, that's the Oklahoma County Sheriff's Office. I better answer that. Because it may yeah. be somebody pretending to be it may, you and they, they just yes, set that Yes, and so yeah. when you answer, they right. say, well, this is Deputy Harden with the Oklahoma County Sheriff's uh, Office, and you have a warrant, and we're giving you a friendly reminder right. to go ahead and get that paid. We can take your card over the phone. Okay. No, that's, that's not how warrants work, guys. We, we gotcha. come to see you. Well, that happened to me last week. I want my money back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, let me get Barbara, and then I'll come back to you. Yeah, Barbara? So do you go to the county assessor to take care of that deeds uh, alert? That alert? Um, yes, you can either contact the county assessor's office by calling them and asking them about the alert system, or you can go to the website and they have a place um, that you can input that alert. Um, and and sign I, up I suspect alert. you could walk into the county assessor's office too. Yes. Um, if you want some social interaction and want to <laughs> hang out and visit, I bet you they are bored out of their minds. So you just do. <laughs> Matter of fact, I think we should all go. Let's all go to the county assessor. Oh my.
my goodness. <laughs> Tara told us we should come down. Uh, <laughs> no, they already got on to me by having everybody call to put the alert. Right. They called me and they said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm putting out the information you guys offered. And they said, we didn't really expect anybody to call. And, uh -huh. Well, that sounds like a problem that you all need to address then, doesn't it? So <laughs> and they did, they did. So when you call, be patient, is what she said. Yes, yeah. when you call, be patient, yeah. yes. Good. But they did address it. They have somebody assigned to take those and assist with those alerts. Wonderful, they do. okay, yes. Yes. Uh, I'll, yes, I'll get back here one more question and then I'll come up here to you, Dick. Yeah. Yes, sir? Yes, and the other thing is on emails, you get and does it do any good to click block this caller or put in the junk? So like an email that you would mark spam, does it do any good to block the caller on your phone or mark uh, junk if you are on your phone? Um, it, it does some good, particularly with the spam emails to report it as spam because it lets the email server know that this, this email address is sending out bad stuff. Um, but as far as blocking the phone numbers that are calling, it's really not good. You cannot block enough phone numbers to to stop them, um, or blocking the email address. You can you can. Um, it is best thing you to do. Yeah, just keep it from from that particular one. Right. But what they do is they just create another one and just yes, it just continues. So you can't block enough of them right. to stop the problem. Right. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I might mention this too, and uh, you know, we we obviously have a couple other questions. So anything, I I worry less about you guys. Like you, you guys are very savvy. You're you're doing your due diligence. You're doing your homework. The people I worry about are the people who aren't. And a lot of times, what's happening is I'll be sitting there with a client, for instance, or somebody that I'm having a conversation with, and they'll get multiple phone calls during that time. And they don't, they don't either know how or choose not to just press send a voicemail. They'll answer it. And as I sat one day, this woman, within 15 minutes, she had like five different people trying to sell her gold uh, bullion. And she was having conversations. They knew her name. She knew their names. She was having literal conversations with these folks. And I knew because of my background on her that she had some cognitive impairment and that's why we were helping her move and so I called her daughter and I said you need to know that in the course of about 15 minutes I listened to your mom have conversations with these guys who are trying to get her to buy XYZ and I just want you to know to check her phone and see who she's talking to and her daughter had no idea and so basically her daughter had to take some action to protect her financial accounts because Mom was basically thought she was doing business with legitimate people, and they were not. So pay attention to the people in your life is all I'm saying. And, and I'm going to take that one step further in that, that declining that call. Don't even decline the call. Just let it ring. In the dark web, there are, do you remember the old-fashioned lead lists that marketers would buy? Leads? Yeah. Um, those lead lists still exist um, in the dark web realm. And that lead list um, consists of phone numbers for people. And when you decline that call, or if you answer it and hang it up, 
um, you are confirming that there is a live person on the other end of that phone. Okay, so your value as a lead goes up and you will actually increase your call volume. Um, if you answer and you talk to them, I hear people say all the time, well, I know it's a scam. I just want to, you know, mess Play. with them. Yeah. I'm going to mess with them, yes. Um, you are increasing your lead value again, and then it becomes a cat and mouse game um, uh, of them finding the story, the marketing, that you're going to fall for at this moment. So you are increasing your call volume by doing that. Just simply let it ring, and then your, your call volume will go yeah. down. It so will. I'm just going to make recommendations. If, if you're here and you have your phone, uh, put it on silent. If you're going to just let it ring, would you do me that favor? <laughs> or learn how to. Most phones, you can hit the down volume, right? and it will stop the ringing for yeah. you, but it does not decline the call. Yeah, it lets it finish it out. It lets it finish out. Let it roll to the voicemail. Good uh, idea. Yes. The down button. The down button. The down volume. Okay. Yes. Dick. Said, uh, it sounds like the scammers are way ahead on their level of knowledge <coughs> than what we are if we're not tech savvy and that makes us sitting ducks. So uh, that's why Tara has job security. Yes. Right? <laughs> that's why I have my job. Yeah. Is so right. that you aren't a sitting duck. You're not. No. Yes. I don't want you to be a sitting duck. And you're not a sitting duck if you will. And again, it goes back to what we talked about a little while ago. If you're bored, if you're tired, if you're unwell, if you're looking for social interaction, all of these things make us more susceptible because we're not thinking straight. Our unconscious mind is saying, oh, go ahead and answer that phone. You're bored. You want to have a conversation with someone. So what's it going to hurt to be answered? It might be somebody you know. And so if you're aware enough to say, you know what, I'm bored. You know what that tells me? You need to go find a hobby. It tells me you need to go find a community where you have things going on. It tells me that you need, take to, a walk. That you need a nap, right, or whatever. Yes. But so for me, this when I said this week, when I started looking at popcorn and ice cream, which are not things that I would normally do, I said to Chris, I said, I need a day to sleep. I need a day to sleep. Right? Because what happens is when you get to that point, you're vulnerable for lots of things. Car accidents, illnesses, and scammers. I yes. mean, all of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Tommy, you had a question or a comment? What do you need to take to the assessor's office to have them put the alert on your home? What do you need to take to the assessor's office or to tell them about to be able to put the alert on your deed for your home? You need your, if you are doing it online yourself, you will need to have your full legal description. Um, if you are calling them, they're going to do some things to confirm who you are and your actual, that, that you're really you. Um, but otherwise, you just need your name and the property location. Uh, matter of fact, if you guys would like, uh, I can get that information about that particular strategy for I can Tara. get that to you, yes. We'll send it out in the follow-up um, uh, letter that we send everybody after today. Have yeah, I didn't bring them today, but I have some cards that have the full information on them from the assessor's office, and I'll get the, one of those to you where you can put that. Yeah. Yes. With your R number, 
your your R number? Yeah. So your your. I can't answer that. I don't work for the assessor's office. So yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. We'll get that for you, Tommy. We'll let you know. Yeah. Okay. Good. Any other questions before we wrap up today? Uh, yes, Miss Betty. Uh, for the county assessor, you get a statement every year with the description of your property. So is that what you would take to the county? Yeah, so you're going to receive your, your county tax assessment, right, which has all of the legal information on it that you would probably need yes. to take care yeah, of. Yeah, that, that statement will have everything on it. That, yeah. that annual statement you receive from the assessor's office will have all of the information you need, um, except how to put the alert on. It doesn't have that on there, but, but yes, if you wanted to contact the assessor's office, having that statement in front of you. You know, it's interesting too, uh, when my dad sold his house uh, sometime back, he started receiving mail from scammers uh, saying that he still owed property taxes. And he, we knew that he had handled that at closing because we followed that process with him, but he was getting letters. So anyway, he showed me one of these letters. It looked like a legit letter from the assessor's office, he was in Blaine County, and I, but I looked at it and it was a little bit um, fuzzy, like blurry, and I said, Dad, I don't think this is legit, you know, we contacted the assessor's office and sure enough, they said, no, you're all paid up, everything's good, but he, he it was only like, I want his only, it was like 40 something dollars. Well, think about that, if they sent out a thousand of those for 40 some odd dollars to everybody who had sold a house in Blaine County and only a few of them bought, you know, took, took the bait and sent $43, thought, yeah, I'm paid up. <laughs> right, sent, either sent the $43 and think about what's either on that check or the credit card that they're doing. Yeah. That, that check, um, I tell people all the time, a, a check is like putting a sign out in your front yard that says, I bank at this bank and this is my account number. Because it gives your bank, it gives your account number, it gives your address and your name. It and your like, signature. Yes. It is like putting a sign in your front yard. And you would never, ever, ever put a sign in your front yard with your bank account number on it. But that's what you're doing. Every time you hand somebody a check or you put one in the mail that's yeah. getting stolen all the time, right. that is the exact same information. Holy guacamole. Yes, Betty. I wanted to say, I think that's the importance of being able to do things in person. Like I've gotten phone calls uh, from the bank, at least I thought it was the bank, saying uh, my account was scammed. And I said, but I was just the bank. So when I get things like that that involve money and personal information, I want to talk to somebody in person. Yes, so uh, for sure. There was a transaction I had to do that I had to send five figures. And we I are in five figures. If you fly to me, or some one of us got to walk to you, but I don't give out that time. So, good job, Betty. So, to, to those of you who couldn't hear her, you know, if you get a phone call from somebody, it, it's Betty saying, I want to do it in person. I'll come down there. And you yes, go down to absolutely. your bank. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we're, we're getting back to an age where we're going to have to do in-person, person-to-person transactions. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things I say, in addition to don't answer the phone, even if it looks like it's from your bank, um, don't answer the phone, is, is question and ver verify. Question and verify everything. And yeah. verify it through another method than what that initial contact is. So if they're, if they're contacting you by phone, 
Verify the phone number that you're calling back by looking it up on another device. Look at the back of your debit card. The phone number to your bank is on the back of your debit card and you know it's correct. Um, verify in another way whatever transaction you are, are about to do. And if you're not sure, guys, ask somebody. Ask yes. a friend, ask a family member, ask, uh, go to the police department and walk up there and say, hey, what do you think? Is this legit? I mean, there's a, there's always somebody at the police department uh, on Hefner Road there. I know there's always a, what do they call the public uh, public information public officer. information officer is yes. almost always there yes and there's somebody there that will help you so do you guys feel like you learned something today yeah all right so uh, uh, i saw a couple of other hands tara's going to be here for a few minutes yes. after yes. i'll give you the final word and then uh we'll uh, wrap it up for the day i just want to give one last plug that i teach these classes um a free one hour class um, at 20 locations around the county each month. I have brochures that will tell you those locations. Um, but we don't want you to be a sitting duck. We want you to take away um, a, a simple change that you can make in your life, that you can apply to your transactions to protect yourself. And that's my goal with everyone, every time I speak to anybody. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, next month, you guys, we've got a couple of them coming up. Uh, we've got the the one at the library next week on Tuesday, we actually have a representative there who's going to talk a little bit about what Adult Protective Services is, um, as well as other types of advocates. You need advocates in your life, even if they're not public service advocates, but maybe personal advocates. And then next month on the 5th, we're going to be back here. We're going to talk about death, dying, and funerals and navigating end-of-life decisions. And this is not going to be a morbid conversation at all. Um, this is going to be the truth. And this is going to be kind of what is the reality of today's life and times and how it relates to those kinds of decisions. So please fill out your evaluation form today. And if you have questions for uh, Tara or for any of our education partners, write them on your evaluation. We'll make sure they get to the right person. And when you get the phone call from them, it's okay, let it go to voicemail. <laughs> and then listen to the voicemail. And if it's somebody you want to talk to, then call them. All right, you guys, make it a great day. Appreciate you for being here. Give Tara a round of applause.